Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. How you doing, Magical World of the Internets? Um, doing another podcast. This is a unique one because rarely do we talk to people that don't have a brewery. I mean, you have a brewery, but it's not really open yet. So it's kind of like, it was interesting to me for a couple of different reasons. And there's a couple of different reasons I wanted to kind of uh, do this. And we'll get to that and the whole thing. But we're sitting down in Franklin, New Jersey, which is kind of legit North Jersey. A lot of people say North Jersey, but they don't actually mean North Jersey. We're like in North Jersey. This is actually the northernmost brewery in the state of New Jersey. See, that's how, you, that's how well, who's second? Yeah. Angry Eric, maybe? Uh, Angry Eric or... Uh, the one in West Milford. Well, New York's only a few minutes from here. Yeah, right? it's not far. Yeah, yeah. Not far. But you like the because New Jersey goes like this, right? So yeah, yeah. I know hand signals don't. Yeah, they, 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 they translate yeah. really well over podcast <laughs> format. It goes up on an angle <laughs> from New York toward. Uh, but what North angle? Pole. We don't know. See, that's the whole thing. Right? Sort of like thirty-eight degrees. Oh, well, I know twenty-three. Anyway, sorry. No, no, this right is up. actually perfect. But we're sitting down with, uh, <laughs> and I just learned this today, so I'm going to say it right. I'm going to be like Tom Troncone. Very good. Thank yes, you. yeah, I did that. Awesome. Of Muckraker Beer Maker. What's going on, dude? Uh, just you know, sitting here in the brew house. Uh, appreciate you coming over. Um, you know, we we might not be open for business yet, but. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty close. We should hopefully be open by July is the goal. Um, you know, we have our federal license working on a state now. So, you know, we should have our CO within the end of the month. And then we can start, start making some beer. Well, let's start from, like, I guess I'd say my beginning, which is finding out about you. Because um, rarely, you know, more times than not, uh, breweries have either, you know, press releases and fanfare and that all kind of stuff. And that's how you find out about when breweries open. And then there's the other way, which is kind of just, you know, knowing people and word of mouth and stuff and, and having a couple of beers shared with me from some people I know from where I live down by Zigmeister. A couple of people actually shared beers of yours with me. And then I interviewed John Hall, who you've known for quite a bit from past work experience, I believe. Um, he shared some beers with, uh, uh, of yours with me and I was kind of impressed for a couple of reasons outside of the beer they actually looked like legit beers that were actually you know bottled and labeled and a lot of stuff but from the get-go uh, who are you I'm Tom uh, I'm an Aries I like uh, beer um, <laughs> oh I was waiting for the long walks on the beach right now no, that I'm been kind of disappointed that been too cliche. I, I substituted beer for long walks on the beach uh, yeah. um, long well, walks on the beach with beer long walks past the fooders um, yeah, exactly uh you know, I, I uh, home brewer for about ten years, and uh, you know, been playing with the idea of opening something, but wanted to make sure I, you know, knew what I was wanted to do, knew what I was doing, you know. Um, and we went we went over to uh, Belgium for Quintessence and uh, for the Night of the Great Thirst, and uh, you know, we came back, spent some time over there. You know, at Cantillon had a di- had a just great dinner at this villa with Armand from Dreyfontan and. Uh, and it was like 25 seats only, and it was mm-hmm. there opening like rare, uh, rare dry beers, and and uh, and that was great. And, and I came back. And when was, was this again? This was just in in the spring. In the spring, you know, like April. Um, and hanging out last year up at Ninety Great Thirst in Maine with those guys at Ebenezer's and 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 Raph from Bach Rider, and you know, and and everyone seemed to enjoy the beers I was making. Um, so I said, you know what? I just I want to do this, man. So we I got back from Belgium, and we're like, <laughs> you know what? Let's find a spot. Let's really do it. Because I've been looking for a couple of years, but hadn't really found a spot that, you know, I could carry the, you know, because we're, we're, we're self-financing every dollar, mm-hmm. you know, because my goal is I never want anyone to tell me what to what do to ever. Do. Yeah. Um, except for my girlfriend. She can, she can tell me what to do. <laughs> um, we're partners in it. Um, but we're self-financing everything. Uh, so we needed some place where I could carry the rent uh, for a year or so before you opened, uh, where I wasn't going to get killed every month. Uh, and it was it was doable, so you know we went out and we got a this five barrel brew system from Brumation, uh, all, um, fully automated, 
Um, and uh, I got a cool ship fabricated, which we're sitting right next to. They can't see it, but it's not full of anything. So yes, it's, 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 we not are not, full. we are not influencing the beer right now. Well, if I, if, if the ABC is listening, I haven't made any beer here yet. And I won't until <laughs> you tell me I can, um, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about our cool ship is I had it built. So it was, you know, deep enough where you get that long, uh, overnight cool. Um, and also, I split it down the middle. So one of the things, just being so small, I'm not going to have a, a tank where I really can homogenize, you know, the wort. Um, so I, ma I made the cool ship basically fit like five barrels and split it down the middle. So I can put one side into a 59-gallon barrel, the other nine, other side into a 59-gallon barrel, and know that it's uniformly um, inoculated. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if I want to put it into a punch-in, I just put the, both sides into the punch-in. So... Some, some thought went into like how we were designing it. Well, I mean, you talked about like you that trip that you took to Belgium was kind of like the like the jumping off point or the kick in the ass, if you will, for you wanting to do this. You said you were homebrewing for about ten years. Was it strictly like wild beer? Were you just is this what you and and that's what I, I if I'm going to call right. you doing anything. I'm going to say wild beer. Would you would you say that's the correct term for what you're doing? Yeah, I would say wild and spontaneous. You know, we're basically. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself talking about this divided cool shit, but uh, uh, going backwards, um, it's basically going to be seasonal brewing, so not a lot of temperature control on, on the fermenters, and so we're going to basically do uh, wild and spontaneous, uh, spontaneous in the winter when the temperature, overnight temperatures are between 20 and mm -hmm. 45 or something like that, and then in the summer I'm going to make a ton of saisons. Um, you know, 100% uh, uh, Brett fermentations, mostly fruited. Um, you know, I have been talking to a lot of local farmers to uh, talking to them about them putting aside specific areas of their of their stone fruits for me so I can go there, you know, exactly when I want them picked, um, when they're overripe and sweet, um, have some microflora on them. Uh, so a lot of sour, funky, wild uh spontaneous but the the, the over the overall goal is to you know build, basically build up as much blending stock as i can and then create blends and a lot of the blends are going to be the i i love the idea and and raf at bach riders is the master at this and um blending uh like noble saisons spice saisons with uh with spontaneous beer and i just love the the complexity you get from the saison blended with the with the spontaneous and then add some fruit to it the um, but the uh, the want to do this specific kind of beer was that from oh, the sorry. get when you when you became a homebrewer like was that was that, like you were just let's put it let's actually go to the beginning okay. let's ask the prerequisite yeah, yeah, sure. prerequisite question sure what got you into beer was it <laughs> sour funky from the get no no so one of my best friends and I were very competitive long story short he made a batch of beer and <laughs> I was like oh my god dude I have to make beer now and uh, and uh, so I started making beer and I mean, wait. Making, did, you have to make beer or you have to make it better than him? I have to, I have to make it better <laughs> than him. Um, so, um, anyway, I started making some, you know, extract batches on the, on the kitchen stove, right? And, uh, and I was making a ton of IPAs and, and you know, uh, slowly but surely, like, you know, talking to the guys at Treehouse. And they're like, take your caramel malts out, you know? So I took caramel malts out and then, you know, just basically do all post- Boil additions, you know, so just moving toward where everyone was moving, which was like super post-boil, like hoppy juice bombs, right? Yeah. Um, well, I guess the New England style. And, uh, you know, mosaic citra, citra mosaic, dry hop citra, whirlpool mosaic. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, you know, your, your taste just developed. And, I, you know, I made some stouts. I made some you know, pumpkin beers. And then I just started getting into lambics and, and as a drinker and, you know, and, and uh you know, went lambic, sour, wild ale, saisons, and I just, you know, fell in love with it. And I stopped drinking IPAs and, and stouts, and, you know, it's, <laughs> I, give, give me a lambic. That, that's, that's, that's a hole to fall into, man. Once you fall yeah, into yeah, that lambic yeah. hole, it's, yeah. it's. Am I allowed to curse in this podcast? You can, no, okay. fuck no. Okay. I'm making sure, because I curse a lot in real life, and I feel like, yeah. you know. Um, no, but lambic is definitely fucking life, and, 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 uh, and uh, so, you know, I decided that if I was going to do this, so basically I started really, really experimenting in, at home, what you can do at home and, and, you know, doing some kettle sours and, and learning how to control lactobacillus in the kettle on the hot side and, 
and uh, you know, then really starting to get into the mixed cultures, and uh, you know, and then, then basically I, I bought a maple syrup evaporating pan and put it in my backyard under a, a blossoming like cherry tree um, to try to get some, you know, get some microflora. And it worked, you know, and then uh, it worked again and again. So I started cool shipping in the backyard and, and, you know, getting barrels from like Van Brunt still house in Brooklyn and, you know, running some beers through them to get the, the whiskey out of it and, you know, using them as putting them in wood for, you know, two months because the barrels were so small. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I totally graduated and um, then I stopped kettle souring and, um, and I'm not gonna really. Get, I don't think I'm gonna do any kettle sours here. You know, I, I think you can do, not to not to jump forward again, but in talking to um, Trevor from Degard, you know, he was talking to me about like you can do a spontaneous Berliner Weiss and have it in your bottle for in, in just a couple months, right? Yeah. Um, just make a really really super fermentable wort, run it through the cool ship, um, and and it'll just start it'll just start going. Um, and you can flip ferment that out pretty quickly, so. Um, so the, the the beer portion of the show, like you, it was it was a love, and homebrewing was a love, but it, it it really didn't take charge until you got into the kind of like sour, funky, naturally, spontaneously fermented, all the fun words we could throw at it. And then <laughs> it, once that hit, it was kind of. I was brewing next, a lot, you yeah. know. I was brewing a lot at home, um, a lot of IPAs and you know stouts and fruit beers. Um, and then one day I just decided to start making those fruit beers a little tart, you know, controlling the pH a little bit and, and, uh, using some acid malt and, you know, just, um, and you know, pitching some lactobacillus. So yeah, you know, once my taste started going in that area, then I, look, when I, my thing in this brewery is, you know, people tell you, ask me, well, why don't you make this? Why don't you make that? You know, my response is I'm going to make the kind of beer I like to drink. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to make beer that. Um, you know, has a quote-unquote market, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking to make beer that I like to drink. And if people, hopefully, you know, the way I, what I always say is people will buy my palate, yeah. right? So um, if, if hopefully the beer is good enough, hopefully people like it, hopefully want, people want to drink it. Um. That's, that's, a, that's a common, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's a common, like, thought process in that people want to make, you know, Nothing wrong with if that's what you want to do. You want to make popularized beer or what's sure. trendy right now, but people lose the sight to just make good beer. And sometimes they're just trying to make the beer that people like, as opposed to just making good beer. And it's also and you if have, you make good beer, it'll work. You just, you know. I, I agree. People have how are you going to market? I'm like, hopefully I make good beer. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and um, that works. I guess you know. Again, it's just me. me most days, um, so I don't have to. And again, we're self financing, so. I don't have to like make beer to keep 20 people employed and keep the investors happy and make like balloon payments, you know? Yeah. So, you know, to me, it allows the beer to take its time, express itself, tell me when it's ready, tell me when the blend is ready, you know, not have to hurry things, you know, when the bottles are ready, they're ready. And then, so you had that run up, you're, you know, homebrewing, you got into the portion of the show where you're kind of going with the, uh, you know, spontaneously fermented stuff. Then you got that kick in the ass when you went on your trip overseas. Mm-hmm. Couple like times, it, actually. It, well, well. <laughs> the last one, especially, though, because it was just a blur. So, was it more like you want to do it, you want to do it, and that last time was like, okay, I have to do it? Well, you went from want to have to? Well, I'm 40, I'll be 46 in April, right? Okay. So, I'm not a kid getting into this. Um, uh, and I, it, was, it was basically like, I either had to fucking do this or just shut up about it. You know? yep. So, it was, all right, let's do this. What did, what did you what do you do in your regular life? What's your what, what uh, I've keep, been a, I've been a journalist for like twenty five years. In a specific, I mean, muckraker. I assume politi- yeah. politics. No, no, just general just, news. Just general, general news. news. Uh, you know, muckraker is, is a, a lot of people don't know. People don't know what it is. You probably do. Um, it's uh, an old like turn of the century investigative journalist. Um, so it kind of parlaying the the idea of spending a lot of a lot of years in journalism and. You decide to actually open a brewery. Yes. And it gets to the point where you come home, you're like, we're going to do it. At that point, you know, you said you had, you know, your partners with your girlfriend in this. You know, you probably have, you know, family, you know, uh, parents and whatnot. At that point, is it a matter of, like, sitting everybody down and be like, I'm doing this? 
let's all band together or are you just trying to do it like solo as much as you can completely? Like you said, you want to be in control of your beer completely. Is right. it just, is it, I mean, your brother's here working, right. helping you kind of yeah. build stuff. You right. said your girlfriend's involved, but how much of it is just like you doing it? Well, her, and her, how much do you want it to be are, you and how much does your brain force it to be her you? and I are like 50, 50 on it. So, um, she has a big say in it. Um, and you know, she'll have a big role in it. Uh, but for the, uh, you know, for the most part, it's it's me, you know. It's uh, um, I decided, you know. She's we agreed. Her and I agreed. I didn't sit anyone down. It was just except for her. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked and we said let's do this. You know, we just we debated about whether we should do it in Savannah or not because we love Savannah, but you know, uh, that that wasn't feasible. Um, especially since the cool ship season is very very <laughs> short in Savannah. Yeah, ties to Georgia. Or? <laughs> we just love Savannah. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, and I'm kind of done with this winter shit to be honest with you um yeah, so, so I'm, I'm part of the old we're almost the same age so okay i'm old and i hate yeah. fucking the colder it gets the older i get my body the, hurts yeah, it sucks. yeah exactly <laughs> anyway so um you know, i didn't really sit anyone down i just you know one day i told my parents like hey i leased space for a brewery you know um uh so you know and and, and then we just moved ahead with doing it and you know it was once once we signed the lease then it was just all right, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for it? Let's go. Let's do it. And uh, we start, just started demoing. And then you, you you live out towards, closer to the city, kind of like, uh, what is that, Bergen County? Yeah, area. northern Bergen County. How did you settle in, um, out here in Franklin, New Jersey? Well, you Where? know, honestly, um, the people out here are great. The town has been so helpful and so welcoming and so kind. I hear, I hear horror stories in so many places about the towns being, you know, just, awful and just busting balls about every tiny thing and mm-hmm. you know they were just mayors just like anything we can do to help let me know you know the the the, the zoning officer and the, you know the building department and just and everyone has just been so helpful and so nice and it, it makes such a difference to have like a town that you know and i'm not just blowing smoke right to have a town mm-hmm. that actually wants you there and is going to help you open and is not going to it's easier to succeed when you're and people Correct. are embracing what you're doing, Correct. especially on the local level. Correct. And, you know, we have a, a uh, I have a very, um, I'm committed to, you know, using beer for good, right? So a lot, once we get going. Fuck, I was hoping you were Lex Luthor, man. Yeah. <laughs> using for beer for like, evil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It depends. <laughs> depends on, like, what side of the fence you're on, I guess. But um, I want to, you know, if you're, like, anti-dog, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But no, you know, we want to use the breweries as a, as a little bit of a vehicle to, uh, you know, make tiny changes, you know, while we're here on this earth, right? So, um, you know, uh, a lot of the bottles, once we get going, but, you know, we'd have a lot of the bottles or, uh, you know, a dollar from this bottle goes to this charity, a dollar from that bottle yeah. goes to that charity. And try to kind of use it as a, a little bit of a vehicle to, to help some folks out or, you know, for animals and kids and the environment and things like that. So, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. And I think, you know, I think if you come in and you try to do everything right and you, you're above board with everyone and you want to do good, people generally try to help you. Yeah, no, I mean, and especially with what you want to do, you know what I mean? You're talking about spontaneously fermented stuff. Not that you couldn't do it in, like, a setting like, you know, Bergen County, but out here you have a little bit more... Yeah, advantage. You know, there's there's a couple schools of thought on that because like if you go to Cantillon, right? I, I know the the microflora is in the brew house, right? Yeah. But but there's there's a school of thought that cities are actually the better places to do um, spontaneous beer because of the diversity of microbes that you'll find yeah. in the air in a city, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to out here you're going to find you know we're in the country, so yeah. you know there's going to be like a certain type of microbe out here, mm-hmm. so. There's 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 a school of thought that city's actually a better place, but I don't care. I like I like being out in the woods. <laughs> and what do you find like? I mean, to talk about that when you're you're talking about it. You have a cool ship. Yeah. Um, what is that? You said it was five barrels. Yeah. And it's on wheels, so hypothetically you can move it around. So for someone that's trying, or no, I shouldn't say trying, for someone that is opening a brewery that is you know spontaneously fermented. Where partially, you, partially, because uh, well, you're just gonna you're gonna probably pitch to carbonate and stuff like that. Or, well, I mean, I'm, um, I, yeah, I'm not going to uh, to to use like the uh, young wort to to carbonate. I, I will um, pitch yeast to to carbonate, yeah. like a wine yeast, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or you know stuff like that, neutral yeast. But mm. um, more, I mean, maybe someday I'll, I'll be you know, krausening and, and yeah, using, yeah, yeah. But um, but I mean, there. Uh, 
only about a third of my batches are going to be spontaneous. The other, you know, the saisons are not spontaneous. They're and, that, and, that, and that was kind of what I was leading to. Like, in your brain, how do you separate control from not having control when you're mm-hmm. in a brewery like this? Do you know right. what I mean? Because there's only, there's, I mean, you, you, you obviously have done your homework. You talk to the people that are some of the best people in, in the world when it comes to doing these kind of things. Sure. And, and there's a reason why those breweries tend to be quite consistent with what they do. But they're still like kind of... I don't want to say hope and a prayer when it comes to stuff, but there is a portion of that to it. Okay. Um, like as someone that wants to control a brewery and wants to do it all himself, mm-hmm. is there like a like a like a, a, a weird kind of fight inside your brain when you can't control every portion of your beer? Yeah, I, I don't want to. You know, um, you know. I think you know, this is so funny when you listen to Jean Van Wall talk. He'll talk about like. People say, "Are you a brewmaster?" No, I'm a brewer. Yeah. You know, I can't master it. It's you know, yeah. I'm not. It's it's its own. It's its own master. All mm-hmm. I can do is create a good environment for it. Right. Um, the spontaneous stuff. Uh, you know, it's it's gonna. So it depends, right? If it's something I want to turn a spontaneous beer, I want to turn it fairly quickly, like a, a, a Berliner. You know, I want to make a regular, you know, single infusion work that's high, really fermentable. If um, if something's gonna be in a barrel for three years. You know, I'm going to turbid mash it and do a full turbid mash and, you know, build those long chain dextrins and, and uh, get that in a cool ship um, and get that into a barrel and then say goodbye to it for, you know, a couple of years, make sure I control the humidity and, you know, make sure the temperature is within this range and this range, but allow seasonal fluctuation. Um, and, you know, I'll say goodbye to it for a year or two or three um, in the large format punch-ins, right? Um, but... You know, I don't want to have control of that. I want to, you know, taste every few months and take meticulous notes on the tasting and, and you know, see where it's going. Um, and then, but then there are going to be some beers, like I want to make a Saison, I'm going to put it through the conical, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm going to decide, okay, I'm going to put this into a wine barrel with, you know, some Brett and, uh, you know, let that go for a few months. Or I'm going to put a mixed culture and then I'm going to blend it with uh, one of the spontaneous Berliners. You know, it's it's more get as many barrels full as possible and, and then taste through them and decide what goes with what. And how is that, what, what kind of challenge is that when you want to open a brewery like that, but you don't have those barrels to deal with from the get-go? Yeah. Because, you, you know, you have the, okay, we were leasing a building. We have, in your mind, about a year, I think you said, to kind of get things up and running. But then, you know, you don't, you want that beer to already be in the barrels and to be doing things. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you work that into your Well, what's your important plan? for me right now is to be able to start brewing before the end of brewing season, before the end of spontaneous yes. season, right? Because I don't want to miss a year. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Up here, though, up here we can go to probably April, mid-April, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 45 at night, you're talking end of April up here? Yeah. Um, as long as I can get six or seven or eight punchins filled, you know, of, of spontaneous wort um, this season – you know, I'll feel okay. And then I can start making some beers for opening, like, uh, some spontaneous, some, some non-spontaneous beers, some hundred percent Brett fermentations that, you know, will spend two weeks in the fermenter and then like a month and a half on fruit and then a month bottle conditioning, a month and a half bottle conditioning and be ready to go in three months. Um, so, um, you know, a lot of it, you know, there's fruiting seasons coming up. So, you know, it's going to be seasonal a lot of ways. So, you know, strawberries in May, you know, blueberries in the beginning of July, stone fruits come like late July through September, the different stone fruits, um, you know, the grapes around that same time. So, you know, you kind of have to you know, I'm you gonna, have something to work with depending on the yeah, season. But yeah, yeah. but it, that that rush to kind of get stuff in barrels, you're, you're closing down or long. I would say long term barrels, I guess you would say yeah. stuff that's not going to spend a couple of weeks. I, I, it's only it's only the first week of March. Yeah, so we'll get two there. months left. Um, you, you mentioned wort several times. One of the biggest things in like kind of like the the spontaneous, spontaneously fermented or wild beer, whatever you want to call it, world right now is a lot of people don't skip that step. They're not, they don't brew their own wort. They actually go and have somebody else do it for you. Um, any reason for you to do that just because you want, to, you want A to Z and you want to control it from beginning to end? Or is it... I mean, there, <laughs> or is there, it there, a size thing? Is there, or just you want to be a brewer on top of a blender or whatever you want to call it? Um... It's a couple of reasons. One uh, is the turbid mash, is that, you know, the long-term spontaneous beers I do, I want to do a full turbid mash on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess there's 
I don't know. I, I just didn't research how many like contract, how many like brewers who do contract brewing, you know, do full turbid mashes yeah. for people who buy their order. I just, you know, didn't go around saying, Hey, can you do a full turbid mash? <laughs> you know? Um, the second thing is, uh, I'm a big believer in local ingredients and, and, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I have malt over there that's ready to go. That I just kind of been making a little tea with um, from from uh, Germantown Beer Farm, uh, Hudson Valley Malt, up in uh, New York State. Um, they're great. It's a lot of they have this organic six row. It's what Plan B uses in a lot of their beers, the organic six row. Um, and then there's a place in, in South Jersey that I want to get malt from. So uh, Rabbit Hill. So I wanted to uh, have local malts. So the idea of, you know, I kind of enjoy the process too. Okay. You know, I, it, it, to me it's relaxing. It's like, um, I want to, I, I, I don't know. It just, yes, you could be a blender, you know, but I, I don't want to, I want it to be a brewer and a blender. So, I mean, I, I want to just be able to say, hey, it's Tuesday. Plus it's only five, I'm making five barrels at a time, right? So. Um, you had to find somebody who contracts five barrels at a time. You're club. not going to have that, yeah, right? Yeah, you're not so, going to get that. You know, it's like, hey, it's Tuesday. What do I feel like doing today? What do I feel like making today? You know, I don't, just about every beer I make is going to be a one-off. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to have, I don't want to do the same beer over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, I, I want a lot of variation, a lot of one-offs, or mostly all, you know, there could be some beers that are repeated, but uh, for the most part, you know, I'll make, I'll make a blend of, I don't know, a thousand bottles or something. You know. Well, let's talk about that. You're talking about, um, you know, making the same beer over and over again. Do you have have like uh, like an idea in your head about what you want to make and produce what kind of what kind of brewery you want to be as far as what you put out in the world beer wise or is it just or is it just make good beer is it that simple or is there like an ethos you know what i mean i, I you know i i know what i want in terms of flavor profile you know i, I know what i want to taste and what i want to taste is you know some not a, not abrasingly you know not bracingly sour you know, not enamel stripping sour, right? I want tart to sour, but not overly sour. Um, I want a lot of bread. I love the the. I love funk. You know, so I preach I, it. Yeah, I want yeah. I want funk <laughs> and with a little sour. You know, um, and and I love with the with that combined with that the fruitness from from uh, um, the, the fruitness the sweetness from fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, sometimes you, I'm going to try to stay away from making beers that are too aggressively sour, like apricots, where they can become very, very acidic, right? Um, but I'll do an apricot beer, but I'll make a, a, a beer that's a little higher pH, and, and so bounce that off. it bounces so off a little bit. Um, so I know what I want in terms of flavor profile. Okay. Um, and, you know, this is a mining town, right? Franklin, <laughs> Franklin is, here's a little known crazy fucking fact about Franklin, <laughs> is that there are 20 six fluorescent minerals that are found in Franklin, New Jersey that are not found anywhere else in the world. And uh, right across the street here, where the police station is, um, if you go out the end of our driveway, mm-hmm. you hit the Franklin police station, and right there used to be the Franklin Furnace, which is like one of the largest like um, uh, steel furnaces, iron furnaces, whatever it is, in, uh, in like America. And this we're in right now, we're sitting inside a, a quarry um, this, this little industrial area in, in, is in a, in a quarry that used to, um, uh, they used to quarry limestone here for like the filaments in, that were used in the, in the, uh, in the furnace. So this is, this is a big like mining area mm-hmm. and there's still active mines here or active. Yeah, I guess they're mines, um, or quarries. Um, all the mines are mostly closed off, which means there's more bears here than anywhere else apparently. Um, cause they all live in like the old mines. Uh, you see bears running around. Bears and fluorescent yeah. minerals. Yeah, yeah. These are beer names, by the yeah, yeah, yeah. way. Yeah, jot these down. But so I'm gonna so I'm gonna make uh, grisettes. Um, I'm gonna okay. make, I want to make a grisette because you know Cezanne uh, was the beer of the farmers, yeah. right? Grisette was the beer of the miners. Oh, yeah. And uh, matter of fact, uh, the beer back then in Belgium, at least, was mostly made by women. We might actually get Keith to say things now because yeah. he's oh, a grisette yeah. junkie. Okay, <laughs> so. So women, uh, the beer was mostly made by women because the men would be working in the mines and, or on the farms and the women made the beer, right? And, and in the mines cases especially, they worked for the mine um, companies 
And the, the story is that they wore gray frocks. And that's where Greece, gray, that's where grisette comes from, is like the, the oh. gray frocks that the, the, the women wore when they were Makes sense, because your heart is gray, Keith, oh, so yeah. it just kind of uh, makes sense. Just, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I want to make some grisette <laughs> to kind of pay homage to to the mining culture in the in the area. You have the you know the Sterling Mine Museum right down the end of the road here, um, and then there's a you know a lot of farming up here. Um, uh, so a bunch of saisons. Uh, I made a saison at home that I'm going to have you uh, have you try in a couple minutes. Yeah. The brewery itself. We're talking about this is the beginning of March. You said you're shooting for midsummer, July. July is the goal, and that's people come visit, drink beer. I think or producing on a regular. I think uh, you know I'd like to be producing by April, end of April, but um, the idea is initially to um, sell. You know, look, I don't. This is presumptuous, and I'm not trying to. If I sound presumptuous or whatever, uh, um, if I if people like my beer. And enough people like my beer, mm-hmm. which would be good. Um, like, I will forever have a no-line policy, right? I, I, yeah. I, I hate fucking lines more than... <laughs> They're the worst. The idea that anyone would wait in line for, for, for my beer makes me feel uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll sell beer online, like on the internet, right? Um, yeah. Through a store. And then, you know, it's the model where you buy the beer online, you come pick it up, uh, in, you know, at the brewery. And when you come here, there'll be, you know, some bottles to open that maybe are um, on-site only bottles. Yep. So you can sit down. We'll have we're gonna have soccer on pretty much all the time. Fuck yeah, motherfucker! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, one this, of the first things when I walked in here, we never met before before this, and I was like, he had soccer on. He's watching soccer all day. I'm like, hell yeah, dude! It was actually West Ham United versus Newcastle, and then before that, I uh, was watching the El Clasico with Real Madrid Barcelona. Before F. that, before yeah. that. I watched United win against uh, against Southampton, and then before that, Don't I watched Arsenal tie with uh, Tottenham at Wembley. <laughs> Don't even talk about it. We're not. So it's about a it. long day of football. I've never raged quit a podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, we're gonna have soccer on here all the time. So you know, if you're a soccer fan, cool. Uh, if if not, you know, we'll have two televisions. I can put change one, I guess. Um, but um, you know. Uh, so you, so it's basically going to have the sales online. So hopefully, like by July, I'm selling beer online, and then like you know I'll have a maybe I'll have a by the end of July I'll have a the first day where people can come to the brewery and and, and uh, so tap room open. I would assume you know once twice a week if you want to come by and have a beer, but if you want to buy stuff, you buy it online. Come you here. can buy it here too, though, and you, you can know? come here and I mean, pay. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, but you're talking probably like one or two days a month to start will be open. Okay. Um, the um, how does because. One of the things I know, and maybe you probably know way more about this than I do, but one of the big hurdles when it comes to opening a brewery in Jersey, more specifically a farm brewery, is it's fucking almost impossible the way the rules are written, as yeah. far as I've been told. Yeah. And you're essentially doing a farm brewery, but in an industrial complex. That's um, kind of how I'm I not, I'm not doing a farm brewery. No, you're not doing a farm brewery, but you're I wish producing, I was. You're producing <laughs> farm-like beers in an industrial complex. Is there, what, is there any specific hurdles with the kind of beer and what you're trying to do that you had to get over as opposed to just a regular brewery or as far as ABC is concerned it's just you're you're just producing more you're making beer done and done I'm not doing anything different in any other brewery in terms of like you know what the law says right yeah. it's like I'm producing yeah. I'm producing work I'm going to um, either add yeast to it or not add yeast to it but it's going to ferment and then I'm going to put it into bottles get it, the labels approved and <laughs> you know and and uh, sell it to the public um, so in, in that regard, you know, I'm not doing anything different. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have like three acres of, of like peach trees yeah. outside or, or whatever. Um, that'd be great if I did, my God. Uh, you know, the, the, challenge, the challenge is like, okay, you know, what kind of microflora did I get, am I getting here? So, you know, that's, that's going to be interesting. Did some tests uh, with some, you know, little jars outside and stuff. And, and uh, tests came, you know, seemed to work pretty well. So we'll see what happens. But... Um, you know, and it's also temperature control and humidity control and, you know, that sort of stuff. It's a fairly big space. So, you yeah, know, and, and the temperature up here, it's like two degrees one day and then 92 and like <laughs> three months later, you know. Yeah. Welcome to, uh, yeah. I was going to say northeastern Pennsylvania because that's where I'm from. But this is very similar to, <laughs> well, yeah. well, let's talk about the facility itself because yeah. you're talking about it here. It's kind of unique. We're actually sitting in like the brew house portion of the show right now and we're sitting next to the cool ship. 
but you actually have the ability to kind of inoculate internally. You don't even need to have your cool ship go outside because of the way right. you have it set up here. Yeah, so there, the cool thing and the thing that really made me say, ooh, I want to do this here, is when I walked in and I saw at the very top, the, the, the brew house has like uh, 20 foot ceilings, something like that. At the very, very top, right across from each other, are two uh, like slatted windows that are on like drawstrings. Um, and in the summer I found like I was opening them and getting this nice cross breeze when we first looked into space and I was like, this would be amazing. Um, so if I knock out to the cool ship, I just open both of those and you just get this immediate cross breeze because, you know, we're in an old quarry. So the, the wind whips up pretty good. And, you know, we come out of this quarry and then you go downhill more, you know, all the way down to the lake. So, you know, it's another hundred feet or so down. Uh, so you get this kind of cascading of, uh, of the microflora that comes off the, the top of the, the hill there. Um, so, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, and, and the 20 foot ceilings allow like the steam to just go up and hopefully, you know, condense on the, on the wood rafters and maybe start falling back down. I don't know, down eventually over time. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I put wheels on the cool ship because, uh, I wanted to be able to, if I have to maybe move it out by the uh, garage door or I can roll it down the hallway or, you know, I can put it in the back, roll it out to the back of a truck or, you know, this just having the mobile cool ship was important because I just want to be able to move it around. <laughs> it's cool. So you didn't want to be in a strip mall is what you're saying. I, I, I couldn't. I, I just, no. <laughs> it's I, a I, joke. I, yeah, no. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing against breweries that are in strip mall. Matter of fact, you know, I was down at, recently down at Jug Handle in, in Titton Falls, and I have a nice little location. Yeah, you know? no, and, that's, and a lot of people lose sight of that is that there's no one. There's, you can get to a lot of different places in different ways. And yeah, Manskirt that's in a bank, old bank, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Zigmeister's in an old uh, car dealership. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah like, what is it, I have a couple um, uh, strip mall breweries are fantastic. Almost every brewery nowadays is in like an industrial complex. Yeah. That's kind of what you're in, but in, one that was built probably right around the turn of last century. And our goal, and, you know, our, the goal for me here is to, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but like the goal here is to eventually have this be a, a, just a manufacturing space, yeah. right? And um, to open a, uh, a tap room in town uh, on like, you know, on like a main street, you know, where it's it's more of a of a pedestrian environment. It's more of a you know public See, I like retail here, environment. I don't want you to move up. Yeah. Like old old warehouses are like my <laughs> jam, dude. So just in places like this, this is where yeah, it has it has you know it's really interesting. It has it's it's quirky and it has some uh, character to it, which I like. And I you know first thing I did when I came here was threw some colors on the wall. And my my girlfriend was like, "Why are you making this fucking romper room?" <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know, because I, I, it's a, it's like an old, like in, an old warehouse, an old uh, factory or whatever the hell it is. And why not throw some color on the wall? You know, <laughs> you look behind him is this bright red wall. You can't really see. You can't see it through the radio waves. I, oh, they can see I, it. I have a question. Oh I know, shit! I know I don't talk much, but so would the tap room be bottle pours mostly when? People came in because I know you said if this is earlier a, if, before the podcast. If I'm doing about, if uh, I'm doing well enough, you know, where I'm turning this into a production facility and opening up a a, uh, a tap room, that's going to mean I have I you know I now have staff and, and whatnot. So at yeah. that point, you you know you can't have a tap room in town and and not not have drafts, right? Yeah. Well, so, here are you gonna. Here, um, here, I want to I want to stick the bottles, um, okay. just because I, I like the idea of the conditioning of the. You know, it's funny. I was having right. a beer the other day by a really great lambic producer, and um, they make a a bottle conditioned version of it, and then they make a, a a draft version of it, and I love that fucking beer in the bottle. Um, and I had it on draft, and it's it's a different beer. You know, right. it, it's still great, but it's just different. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I feel like if I'm not doing kettle sours, at least not to start. You know, I think, you know, look, I don't want to denigrate kettle sours because I, I have made them and I think there's a place for them. I think that, like, you know, there's a time when I, you want to lock in your pH at a certain, you know, I want to lock this in at 3.5 or 3.4 pH. And then I want to clean ferment it out and add some fruit to it. And if you do that well, you know, is it going to be 
super complex. No, but hey, maybe add some Brent and throw it in the barrel. There's a lot of things you can do. Those beers, I, would, I, I probably wouldn't put those in bottles, right? Those are the beers that I would serve on tap. That beers that are like super fresh, super fruity, um, you know, that, um, you know, that, that aren't, that, that, that you're not necessarily going to get much out of doing a, a full bottle condition on a, a kettle sour, you know? So, you know, if I do that or in the summer when I'm churning out saisons, cause you know, it'd be hot and you know, I can make a saison just a few weeks. You know, I could see myself putting a saison on tap, but like, you know, maybe, so maybe down the road, like end of the summer, maybe winter time comes, um, I'll throw two or three, you know, tap lines in. But for the most part, for the most part, my main business is going to be bottles. Sorry for interrupting. It's okay, Keith. You're allowed to say stuff. We've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, someone, get in yeah. Trouble. someone else is here. He's, yeah. he, he just spoke. Yeah. Um, when you're, when you, what do you, what do you drink when you're not drinking your own beer? Like, are you strictly still, do you still get off on, on like things outside of the spontaneously fermented world or are you just kind of dialed in and that's kind of just what you like, <laughs> what you like. There's nothing wrong We've, with that. We've, uh, you know, I, I'm from a, <laughs> I bet you everyone, well, not everyone, but like a lot of people who are listening know someone I drink with. I'm, I, I would almost bet you. And like, you know, we, I, I. I drink a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of sharing, you know, we do a lot of shares and everyone brings something and, and, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm at a bar, you know, I want do you have any Lambic? No. Okay. Do you have anything, you have any Saison's, anything sour, anything funky, anything, you know, I know what I'm looking for. Um, but you know, I mean, if I had to, if you told me like you can only drink one beer forever, I'd be like, okay, give me like, you know, give me goose. You know, I would just I would just drink goose forever. I mean, it's it's, it's like to me, it is like beer level one thousand, right? I mean, <laughs> it's the it's the, the top top apex, apex of fucking beer, right? So I would just drink like you know, Gerardin goose or or a Cantillon bio goose or or Dreyfontanen oud goose or um, some blend that Raff Baccarat or or Uli at HRT or one of those guys put together, you know, and I would just, you know, or give me some saisons that, that Danny made down at Phantom. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll do that forever. Um, but, you know, you know what? I don't want to just talk just the Belgian beers. Uh, you know, I, I actually have a membership to the, the Crooked Stave Bottle Society because I think Crooked Stave is probably, probably the most underrated brewery in the fucking world because um, Chad is like yeah. the god of fucking like yeast and none of us are, do- none of us are doing this without like Chad's like research. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of great beers. Uh, I was just out, my friend Joshua works at Black Project. So I was out with, uh, with James at Black Project uh, sometime in the last year. Um, so yeah, I drink a lot of beer, you know, and uh, a lot of different kinds of beer. Um, but it's, you know, if, it depends what he'll bring. Um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, give me a, give me a, give me an art and I'll sit here, give me an art or an Anne and I'll sit here and like salivate in, 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 in the fucking glass, you know? So, you know, give me a, a wine, uh, 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 give me a Sean Hill farmhouse ale that you, that he put in wine barrels. Okay. That's fine with me. I'll, I'll drink that for the rest of my life and I'll be good. So I don't know, you know, <laughs> I, I drink a lot of different beer, but it's mostly, I, I like farmhouse ales and, and stuff that's, has some funk to it, some sourness. What do you, uh, what do you think about what the, the beers are trying to produce or going to produce? And I rarely drink the, my own beer, by the way. I, I, I drink other people's beer. It's no, like you don't no. listen to your own music, you know? No. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody says that, but they listen to their own music and they're pretty well, critical about yeah. it. So, uh, but uh, like you, um, what do you think about Jersey? Uh, the beer scene here in general and how uh, not you know, necessarily how they're going to accept you, but just the, the mindset because it's a it's it's weird for me. Jersey's always been a weird place because it was one of the biggest areas of import for Belgian beers in the, for years until Shelton took over. And then and then now it's kind of dropped off the face map and now map and now breweries are, are coming up and there's a lot of new styles but you don't see a lot of uh, spontaneously fermented stuff there's some people doing it down and around this area what do you think about jersey as a whole beer wise you know i i think that um this is where you piss everybody in jersey off there's like 
there are, there's there's a there's like a something like a hundred breweries in New Jersey now. Mm-hmm. So like you know I every now every day I hear of one like, I never even heard of that brewery. You know so <laughs> no. you know, not every day because there's more than a hundred days. But um, uh, you know there's great beer uh, that's that's being made here and you know a lot of different kinds. You know Referent is doing amazing stuff with 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 blending and 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 barrel aging and and mixed culture and. And spontaneous beers, and you know his, his spontaneous Berliner Weisses are 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 are, are world class, um, all the way up to you know friends with the guys at Bricks who are just like churning out like just amazing IPA after amazing IPA. And matter of fact, today they had their big uh, Silk City um, Imperial Stout release, like seven varieties uh, that just sounded delicious. I just couldn't make it. Um, I was there. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go get my car fixed today, and it was Clifton, New Jersey at noon, so I've been out and about all day, okay. bopping around. And um, I, d- I didn't even know they were having a release, just kind of popped up. And then, you know, Matt over at Zig, who, Zigmeister, mm-hmm. you know, he was the head brewer at Kane, um, and uh, before he opened that place, and he had a stout fest last weekend, or two weeks ago, where he had something like 72 fucking stouts, or yeah, 54 yeah. stouts, a ridiculous number like that. So, I mean, and, he, and his, his deep sea, like, IPA series in cans is fantastic, Um Joe at Manskirt, who has the same system I have, so he's been a huge help in like questions I have, like why is this working? Um, you know, he, I was just over there and you know, he had a, a, a Pilsner in cans that I thought was delicious. Yeah, his uh, checks and balances. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I think that I think Jersey's making great beer. Um, what What about the beer drinker, the Jersey beer drinker in general? Do you, any thoughts about that? Because because since Jersey is mm-hmm. a newer place for beer, it seems like there's a lot more kind of newer people getting into beer. And I mean, take it for what it is, but there tends to be kind of an arc to everybody's beer journey, and that usually starts off at a certain point and then ends with. Funky, lambic, stuff like that. People mm. usually progress to that point. Oh, I unless, agree. They're inher- I agree. unless they're inherently a sour freak. I, I find that 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 um, the Jersey crowd, I mean, I find it's a fairly um, uh, mature uh, beer palette. You know, like, all I know is I go up to, you know, I go up to Maine uh, quite often, you know, to go up to either to Navarre Res, uh, Shaheen's place in, in Portland, which is amazing, or, or Ebenezer's that Chris Lively owns out, out in Lovell, which is like fucking Mecca, in Mecca yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, there's Jersey people everywhere, you know. Um, going up there with Jersey folks. I'm running into Jersey folks. There's, you know, oh, I'm from Jersey. I'm from, and then again, you know, I find that I happen in fucking France too. But um, the... Uh, I, I find that, you know, I think that the, the Jersey uh, beer drinker is a, you know, it, it, it basically, you know, we're, how do I put this? You know, we we go after beer. I know a lot of people in, in Jersey that, like, are pretty fucking hardcore, like, traders who get some great beer. Um, you know, and then we travel. You know, we travel. That's the thing. We travel for a beer. Um, or, and me, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friendly with... Uh, Matt, who owns uh, Pips out in uh, in Gurney, Illinois, and I was just out at his in not just in August. We were out for his um, first anniversary party, and you know there was like something like seventeen or eighteen different Pips on tap, oh, right? And we were just going all night to like midnight, and you know, and I flew out. I flew out that morning, went to the Pips party, took uh, an Uber back to like O'Hare and like flew home at like two o'clock in the morning. I didn't even stay overnight. I just went out for the, the Pips <laughs> event and came back. So, you know, we travel. Um, uh, I think, you know, I am one of Jersey beer drinkers because, you know, I love fucking beer and, 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 uh, you know, that's, and that's a good segue. I want to open something I made. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. This is totally not fully carbonated yet because it just went into bottles. So oh, right. I can already taste the hot garbage. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little teeny bottles. I dig it. And you said this is a saison. Uh, this is a uh, this is a spontaneous beer by Backyard Cool Ship that I made about a year, started about a year ago. Blended with a and then it was fermented. Um, out in, in, a, in a barrel and then uh, put on, on peaches, uh, Saturn donut peaches. And then I made a Saison and I, I, I racked the Saison onto the donut peaches 
after I took the, the spontaneous beer off. Um, fermented it out with, with fig, uh, fig puree, took the whole thing, put the whole thing in a gin barrel with uh, uh, Chardonnay grapes and Chardonnay must and let it referment and, and pitch brett and let it referment in the gin barrel with the Chardonnay grapes and the brett. I like that. I like it. <laughs> Keith approves. So it's been about a year. No, it's, 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 it's delicious. So we're not, you know, this is not something I made here. Yeah. Um, so I don't want anyone ABC, to think. ABC, this is not this been is, made this, here. This is essentially this a is homebrew. Um, you know. It's cool because I like it because it's, how do I put it? I'm hot garbage. Is no, 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 no. Oh, definitely, definitely. Without <laughs> because the peaches and the figs are indiscernible from each other. It's almost like they're the same kind of fruit. It's almost like a figgy peach mm. kind of thing. That's what I'm getting. I get the, overwhelming. I get overwhelming gin, and I think that's going to dissipate in the in in the bottle over time. Um, I get a lot I of. I don't get a ton of. I get. I, I get. Um, I get a. Gin mixed drink because gin by yeah. itself straight is harsh as fuck. And right, right, right. Kind of harsh well, not overwhelming is the right word, but I, the most prominent flavor for me in it is gin, and then peaches, because um, you know there were both beers were one refermented on peaches, and then you know I just racked that off the peaches and put the saison onto the peaches with a, 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 a you know a, a single strain saison yeast, um, and so it fermented on the trube from or on the. The yeast from the that the spontaneous beer had had uh, had refermented on the peaches. No, it's fun because it's yeah. it's, it's it's super dry but tart but not sour at all. And but at the same time, it's very sweet. But none of it kind of gets out of control because yeah, everything's kind of fighting back and forth with each other. It'd be really interesting to see what it tastes like carbonated. Yeah, so it only went in bottles like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So. Um, it's a little carbonation. It's a little carbonation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and carbonation no, is a big carbonation is a really big deal. A lot of people yeah. don't. I, I feel like a lot. Well, of people don't. I'm all, I, I'm a fan of. Um, I don't like really heavily carbonated beers. I like car- beers that are in the lower range of uh, carbonation because, especially fruited beers, because um, the like if you have a flat lambic right or just a, a, a lambic, um, a fruited lambic, uh, it's the fruit is so much more prevalent. Right, the carbonation carries the fruit away. Right, mm-hmm. it just takes the fruit away and just sends it into the air. Right, it sends it into your nostrils. So, uh, you know, when you have a little less carbonation in a fruit beer, you get the fruit a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was at a Casey, and he has some beers that he was won't sell to the public, and they're beers that didn't carbonate, didn't you know carbonate in a bottle. Right, so he just sells them there for you know, on site only. Right, yeah. and uh, some. Unfucking believable, be like Italian <laughs> Italian plums and, and elephant, pl- uh, just amazing beers. But the fruit is so much more prominent because uh, the low level of carbonation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this beer is n- it's not fully carbonated yet, but like the carbonation, you know, you're talking maybe two one two two. I want to keep the carbonation on a lot of these beers lower on the lower end of the scale. Um, you know, if, but if yeah, you know, have a Berliner Berliner Weiss or something, you're gonna you know four levels of, yeah, of yeah. CO2, right? But um, these type of beers that have been spent a while in the barrel um, have some dissolved oxygen in them already. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't want to overcarbonate them. I want them to be on the lower end. I, how, how, like, um, mentally, the type of beers that you make and the type of beers that other people make that are kind of adjacent to the stuff that you make, how do you feel about them in the wild as far as how people treat them as far as trading and aging? Because you know, lambic is like that's mm. probably that's like you know, that's like upper level trading fucking status shit. That's what people gonna go pay, pay <laughs> shit. You know, when you get you get to be like one of those batshit crazy trader people, that's kind of where it lands. Like, how do you feel? Like, you put your beers out, you start mm. getting them out in the world, and they're being sent around. And, and I'd feel I'd feel honored, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but also like the, the part of you kind of get like a I little don't bit give worried. a shit. You don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Right. I'm, I dig it. I'm one of those people who like. You know what? I, I you got to give up control at some point. It's yeah. a consumer product. Right? It's leaving here the way you want it. It's a consumer. It's a consumer product. Yeah. You know, you buy a car from a car dealership, right? And like, you take it home, and that car. Oh my God, that car is now worth. I paid thirty thousand dollars, and now it's worth sixty thousand. <laughs> and then you sell it for sixty thousand dollars. The dealer doesn't fucking chase you down and be like, "You sold the car. I sold you. I yeah. sold you something. It's you own it now. I don't fucking own it anymore. You do what you want with it. Throw it against the wall." <laughs> You know, hopefully you drink it and like it. I prefer if you drink it and like it. By the way, everything tastes better if you throw it against the wall, just so everybody knows that's actually 
That's the problem. I, I prefer if you drink it and enjoy it can I and just share say that it. I really like this. You can. I think the fruit and the gin is perfect for for me. If anything, if, if we take anything away from this podcast, the fact that Keith has talked way oh, yeah, more I'm than sorry. he's ever had in the history of mankind. I apologize. So he's the best color <laughs> man in the business. Right he likes now. it. He likes it. <laughs> Mikey, he likes it. Mikey, Keith likes yeah. it. I mean, but you know, the, the guy, the, the the idea, and I'm I'm not getting in anyone's case, but the idea that you sell a beer, and then like, you see people trying to resell it, and you want people to take pictures of your fucking beer and that they bought from you to prove they still own it and send it back. I mean, just just stop, just stop. Unless you know, I mean, I could see in some cases like you're a member of a super private club, and you know, you get you get a beer that like all of a sudden is worth like five thousand dollars and. You know, you're selling it for like five thousand dollars, and you pay like eighteen ninety five or thirty eight dollars <laughs> for it or something. You know, I mean, I get it. If you're on the brewer, you know, I guess that's why if you go out to some breweries and and uh, you want to drink on site, you know, they're charging four hundred fifty dollars for yeah. the for the bottle because they know you can sell it for a thousand. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think that, and I won't do this, but like, I think if you go to a brewery. And look, I, I, I think it's presumption, Steve, but I just hope people like the beer. I don't give it, you know, beyond that, I'm not even thinking about it. But the, uh, the idea of, you know, you go to a brewery and like you buy a beer and it's $35 or $15 or whatever it is, and you can sell it for 400, right? And you are, don't be surprised the next time you go to that brewery and the beer is $100. Yeah, because you're, and, di- and, you're and, dictating and, the market. And don't, you can't get fucking angry then. You know, so, yeah. so, but I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm talking as a consumer, yes. you know, uh, yeah. uh, as a, as someone who wants to, you know, people to like my beer and I feel like, you know, once, once I set what I think is a fair, you know, re- I'm, I, I, I'm in the Belgian, you know, you go to, you go to fucking Cantillon and like the, the goods is, is nine Euro, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. um, you know, um, and like, you know, that's not going for nine Euro here. Um, but you know, I, I feel like you know you make a you make a good product. You, you, know, you sell it for a fair price, and what people want to do with it after that is up to is their business. I, you know, I, I can only control so much. We're a few months, several months away from you opening. Hopefully, within the next four or five months, you're actually going to open. Like if people like listen to this and then okay, you know what, let me let me pop in there because honestly, it, 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 we're kind of in the middle of nowhere, but we're not that in the middle of nowhere. It's route like twenty three is right there. Yeah, Route twenty three is right here, and there's a bunch of breweries you can actually hit from there. If people decide to come out here, what what do you want them to expect? Do you know what I mean? What do you want, like, in a perfect world? What, you know? They'd be United fans. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Wait, you didn't say anything about asshole, wanting assholes at your breweries. They'd, they'd support the Red Bulls and United and... United. Um, fucking they why? Would, they would like... Why do would, you have to, like... Uh, well, you're a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan too, by the way. But it would, I, I like Arsenal too, though. I don't hate Arsenal. Uh, but you know, but oh, great. I hate Man U. So. But I have, a, <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend who's a Tottenham fan. I have a, a guy I work with who's a Tottenham fan. Well, I, 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 I know people who know serial killers. Every now and every now and then, every now and then, I go to him. Hey, man, I have a question for you. He's like, "What?" I was like, "Have you ever seen Tottenham win the league?" <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, um, I, what the, I don't know. Just expect soccer to be on. Um, expect. Um, you know, uh, uh, music to be playing, just, you know, over the soccer. I'm not going to have what you. You're music? not gonna... putting them on the spot here. Limp Bizkit. No, definitely not. Limp... <laughs> oh. Definitely not. Limp I'm never Bizkit. coming you're, you're, here. You're um, a fan of the Limp Bizkit of the EPL, which is um, Manchester United. So. Uh, hey, ooh. Um, uh, if, if Limp Bizkit is the That's greatest okay. band can, of all time. You don't, um, you don't have to answer that question. No, no, no. Um, I, no, I'll have every, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Wilco Frightened Rabbit. Uh, 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 okay, so forty-five-year-old shit. Flaming Lips. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, okay, uh, Foxygen. Uh, oh no. Uh, you know, for no. today. You know, uh, it's good music. You know, uh, and music's going to be a, this. You, the brew house we're in right now. Uh, we're going to have a Avett Brothers for sure. We're going to have a um, in here. The decorations is going to be all concert posters that. That I've had it gotten from shows over the years, uh, framed up all the way up the wall. So I got to put those all up. But you know, a lot of Avett Brothers, a lot of Ryan Adams, who's a little bit of hot water these days. But you know, he's still, I can't say I don't like his music because he's in hot water. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, music and expect music, beer, soccer, <laughs> relaxed, 
you know, um, atmosphere. Uh, just be able to talk to me about beer. Um, I'll have beer to drink with you. Um, hopefully you like it. Um, you know, I mean, look, I, I just want this to be real chill. You know, my whole goal is feel like, what's your goal? You know, make beer that hopefully people like. And, you know, hopefully they tell their friends that, yeah, hey, you know, Tom opened up uh, Muckraker in, in, in Franklin and yeah, it's pretty good beer. You should check it out. And you want to go over there? Yeah, I mean, let's go over there and see what they have on site. You know, and you know, maybe have a situation where people are taking pictures of the chalkboard and see what, what's on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, you know. No, dude, that's a perfect answer. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be anything. I mean, it's a, it's a tough question to answer when you put on the spot like that. But just, just you know, super small. To make a you know? beer and then feel comfortable. I just want people Done. to like it. Look, look when, when, when I open this, right? I just like people. I just like seeing people's reaction when they taste the beer, and if they if they like it, that's great. You know, like I said, I'm 45, man. I'm not. You know, I, I just want to. I just want to do this until I die, and and like, you know, just be able to sustain myself by like making beer and have people drink it until it comes a time where I just like you know my body shuts down and just I just go away. <laughs> If that's not the best ending to a podcast ever, I don't know what is. Thank you very is much. Is that the end? Yeah, oh, that, that is the end. <laughs> Part one. We're gonna come back. We're gonna t- we're gonna come back when he opens and then have him when he's freaking out on the first day. Maybe come back. But no, if people actually want to track yeah. your progress to actually yeah. know when you're opening and stuff, how do they find you? Is this Instagram probably the way? Um, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, don't go to Twitter because Twitter is like society's fucking dumpster fire. That is that is a journalist talking right there, my friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, Instagram um, will be for like you know pictures like, hey, here's some fruit I just bought and. You know, uh, uh, Facebook will be like more of the we're at, we're releasing this on such and such date or whatever. So I would say, I would say, and you know, the other thing is um, we do have spots left in. Um, I was going to ask about that. Do you have like society? We have uh, kind we, of things we, going we, uh, right. For, tentatively called it the Mockraker Guild because like a guild was like a hmm. newspaper union, so it kind of made sense. Um, and uh, we sold about 105 memberships so far. Uh, I was gonna, I'm going to cap it at 200, so, um, you know, there's a, a link through the Facebook page if anyone's interested in, in, in getting a membership. Um, you know, it's like $200 for the year, and you get a certain amount of bottles, and you get to pick them. I don't, you know, I, I hate those memberships. Please tell me there's, like, a fatty magnum in there. Well, I hate, I hate them. First of all, I hate the memberships <laughs> where you buy memberships, and I decide which bottles you get. That's fucking bullshit. Okay. Right? You, you, buy, you buy a membership... And I want to release beer throughout the year, okay. you know, and I forget how much, how many right. beer bottles come with it, but you pick, you could say, you get dibs, all of these. I want yeah. to use my entire thing on, on the one yes. you're releasing today. Fine. Yeah. It's yours. Right. Uh, or, you know, don't, That's, I actually dig that and, quite a bit. And it comes, you know, the memberships come with uh, one Magnum a year. Um, yeah. you always got a and fatty Magnum. And then, well, then I have a, 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 a Jeroboam <laughs> add on where you can get one Jeroboam a year, which is the, the large format. Oh. Three liter. Oh yeah. Um, I always wanted to. I've never gonna, opened one of those myself. I w- there's a. I sold the. I sold a few to memberships, and then I'm like, shit, I got to find those bottles now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I know where you, you have to go buy some and drink them, and then I, 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 I know where I can get them, but they're they're just a little pricey. Um, yeah, there's like a three liter Guden Carlos from like 2001 I've been eyeing for like 15 years, but I don't know who's gonna drink it with me. Yeah, you know, oh. we had a share at we, uh, <laughs> we we had a share when we were in Belgium. We had a share at Grote de Dorst, um, which is I don't know if you guys are, know what it is. It's like the number one, it's like been the number one beer bar in the world for like however many years, and uh, it's owned by uh, uh, Jean and Kurt Panil, who uh, um, they make the Grote de Dorst blend every year, um, and their son uh, Jan, who is the youngest brewer in Belgium. He turned 18 last week, and, oh, and he owns a brewery, uh, Van, Van <laughs> of Mol. Of course he does. Yeah. Van Mol, which he opened when he was 16. Um, actually, a legit brewery. Uh, and this guy, Erwin, own it. Um, so, like, we were over there, and we had a share at Growth the Dorst, and, like, they were opening, like, 1950s Lambics. And, yeah. <laughs> God almighty. That's the shit that makes my wiener hard. Like, Island Bosch and Gozins <laughs> and things like that. Um, so, so, so you uh, heard it here first. When he opens first day, he's going to have six-year-old Lambic. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's going to be open magnums and six-year-old Lambic. Um, so everybody knows. So yeah, you know, so 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 we do have we do have a membership, um, and we're going to cap it at at two hundred. Um, 
so if anyone wants to join, just go to the Facebook page, and you know that's the best place to follow the progress. But you know, I'm not, I'm not too good with that stuff, like posting progress. Cause I just, you know, it's like one day I'm gonna be open. You know, it's like one day I'm not gonna be open, and then one day I'm gonna be open. And hopefully, people like the beer. And you know, I'm not big with promotion and like, you know, I'm not gonna. Oh, it's the best beer. It's it's hopefully people like it. You guys enjoyed it. Um, that's good. Uh, hopefully, more people enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so, I mean, everybody out there, seriously, if you want to check it out, like you said, Muckraker is a Muckraker beer at, at Muckraker beer. Yeah, Muckraker beer is the, is the Facebook, um, and uh, I like the ending before, though, so I'm going to try it again. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep making beer until I die. <laughs> so, there you go, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you want to get a hold of Tom, you can reach him at Muckraker. If, um, if for some reason that doesn't work for you, you can always send us a message, massivebeers at gmail.com. Come check it out. Enjoy some uh, funky spontaneously fermented beers and uh, enjoy the uh, wildlife, the quarry, and um, yeah, all that fun stuff. There's a fox that lives here, and I see him all the time, and, and that's or her, I'm not entirely sure, and I uh, haven't had that conversation yet, but um, that's why the logo, I, I made the logo a fox as a fox journalist, because um, he, uh, fox as the reporter, because I was, he was like staring at me one day, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll just use this." Yeah, I just saw the new logo the yeah. other day. It was like somebody had somebody who did, who drew that for you. Uh, my 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 friend uh, uh, Ramel, his wife did it. She's a great, really good, really good graphic designer, and and she wanted to help out. So, and uh, you know, we're, we're pretty good friends, and uh, and she did a great job, and, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, and you know, I hope. Uh, I hope in a year, you know, we come back and, and, you know, people are drinking the beer and it's out in the world and people like it. And if they don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> you better be. <laughs> there, that's even better. <laughs>